light Zero hour, 9 a.m. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. No more Pixar, at least not for today. We have that coming up. We're going to finish up that rewatch series. But we're getting back to what we do best and what we do most often. We have a good, old-fashioned Oscar Sprint profile for you, dear listeners. Today, we are covering the Elton John biopic from Dexter Fletcher, Rocket Man. Uh, I am your co-host, Mike Wan. This is co-host also, Mike. Mike. <laughs> so... This was a big hit at the Cannes Film Festival. They gave, it a, they gave it a one-minute standing ovation. Yes. Uh, Elton John is an executive producer. He has thrown out gushing reviews. Yes. Taron Edgerton sang the songs and put his own spin on all the music. Great voice, uh, too. We've been really into all the, the trailers. So we had super high expectations for this film off the bat. Everybody's saying it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, so that implicates... More Oscar nominations and and the fact that it's going to be a film that we will be basically reviewing from now until the end of the year. Yeah. And we're a little surprised right now. So we're going to be honest with you folks yeah. that we're underwhelmed by this movie. By a lot. At least <laughs> speaking personally. I, I, I mean... Oh, not to give away the farm and, t- and talk too negatively about it, but this might be the most disappointed I've been uh, in quite some time yeah. with a, a potential, or at least what is a supposed Oscar contender. I could see that on your face, yes. <laughs> I'm not I hiding it well. You didn't hide it in the theater either. You're like, what was that? Yeah, yeah this was... You were the loudest I've ever seen you in a movie theater. I was not happy. I was not happy. We'll yeah. get into it. And look, uh, like Mike said, we're going to be honest with you, and we understand... This is not the first time this has happened, and based on the critic scores, the stance that we have currently makes us in the minority. But we've done nothing else, and we've sell ourselves in these Oscar sprint profiles, in these OSPs, as telling you that we're going to give you the truth as we see it, and we're going to tell you why it is the truth as we see it. So that's our task today. Let's get get the rundown of the type of episode you're listening to right now. If you've not joined us before for an Oscar sprint profile, uh, what they are, it's basically two reviews for the price of one. We take would-be, should-be, and will-be Oscar contenders, and we put them through what we call our OSPs. OSP paces, Oscar Sprint Profiles. The first half of every OSP is a non-spoiler review. We go through the box office, the specs, the performances, uh, the production values, ins and outs, and all those types of things. Then we have a spoiler warning, which is a dance beat, which is admittedly the worst song that you'll hear if you watch Rocket Man compared sure. to what I came up with. So that's a positive. Uh, we'll have a spoiler warning dance breakdown. That'll be preluding the spoiler section, which will be the second half of all our OSPs. That's where we go into the twists and turns of the plots, the highlights, the lowlights, what we like, what we didn't like, why, etc., etc. So if you actually, not... I would put your song ahead of the the one they're singing in the recording studio, <laughs> right before the third act. So you're there. That's where you right. are. That's, that's, the, that's good. You're ahead yeah, of yeah. an Elton and John that's, song. That's great. That's great. Thank that's you. Good, good the highest you. compliment I've gotten in my <laughs> musical career. Uh, so if you've not seen this movie yet, don't worry. We're not going to spoil it for you. The first half is all non-spoiler, and how we start the non-spoiler section is Mike is going to run down the cast and crew of. Rocketman. So this is directed by Dexter Fletcher, who took over the director's chair of Bohemian Rhapsody. He's also directed... Turned it into an Oscar winner. Yeah. He saved that film. If, if you don't give the credit 
to the editors. You need to sure. give it to Dexter Fletcher. It was about three-fifths of the way through production that he came in there, and obviously he shepherded the project through post-production and really brought it home. So he had a lot to do with that film being the worldwide success that it was. Deserves all the accolades in the world, too, for doing that job, because say what you want about that movie, and we have. We did an OSP on it. That's another one. We weren't extremely high on the film, but we loved that third act specifically. Sure. Dexter Fletcher also directed uh, Taron Egerton in Eddie the Eagle, which was uh, Van Helsing. You saw this. I did see this. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I was searching for his name for a second there. Hugh Jackman was a coach of a skier who is not a world-class athlete like Taron Egerton. <laughs> Edgerton or Edgerton. Mike, Taron Edgerton is a world-class athlete. This guy can sing and dance. He is way too athletic and chiseled to play either one of these roles, to be honest. He's one of those people that you could tell just, like, the talent oozes off the screen because, and he is one of the positives I have from this movie, is he is a hell of an Elton John cosplayer, even if you're right. It's very like, thick. Like yeah, the Superman <laughs> version, but yeah. I mean, not to say anything against Elton right. John. Sure. He's a big guy. He's like us more than he's like Taron Egerton. Yeah. Correct. Edgar Kinn. Am I ever going to say his name right? <laughs> Probably not. Still on Dexter Fletcher. He's he also helmed two other films, Sunshine on Leith and Wild Bill. Rocket Man is, of course, written by Dewey Cox, screenwriter of <laughs> Walk Hard. No, I'm kidding. Lee Hall. Lee Hall is the guy that we're going to talk about in this episode. He is the screenwriter of Victoria and Abdul, yeah. which is surprising. But he's also the screenwriter of War Horse. I should have known. Which is I not surprising. Known. I know, I kind of glanced over yeah. it myself. Hall was Oscar nominated for his script for Billy Elliot, which was a pretty good movie, I, yeah, I remember. Sure. And a fun movie. Um, Taron Egerton is from the Kingsman films, and we should have known how talented he was because he animated the gorilla in Sing. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah, so he can really he can really sing himself. Do it all. He's quite the Renaissance man. Yes, Jamie Bell from Turn Jumper, Snowpiercer, last year's film stars Don't Die in Liverpool, and this year's Skin plays Bernie Taupin. Rob Stark himself plays Richard Madden, twisting mm. his mustache. That is John Reed in this film. The Lady in the Water herself. Same performance. Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard, also from Jurassic World. Same performance yet again. She plays Sheila. Rocket Man also stars Gemma Jones, Stephen McIntosh, Tom Bennett, Matthew Leslie, Kit Connor, Charlie Rowe, and Tate Donovan. Mike, I have one production nugget for this one because we kind of like to get into these yes. reviews a little quicker. This has been a development for two decades. Tom Hardy was attached at one point. Mm. Justin Timberlake was attached at one point. Whoa. And we got Taron Edgerton... I'm never going to say his name nah. right, connected with this film last year as of 2018. So this is kind of, you know, been a whirlwind into the actual production of it all. Dexter Fletcher, once they realized Bohemian Rhapsody was saved and that was good, you know, they had a sense that was going to be a big hit yeah. once, once they got it done. So these two came in late and uh, 
It's going to make some money, I think, at the very least. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there. We'll do some specs. Some of these, Mike, I already took the wind out of my sails for because he's a jerk. But directed by Dexter Fletcher, who gets the chance to put his touch on the musical biopic from you beginning give me to cast end. And crew, <laughs> and then you want to restate the cat, the cast or or crew in an attempt to probably going to have me step on your your nose. The job he did in finishing last year's Bohemian Rhapsody, which led to awards acclaim, though not nearly enough of it going his way. Writer, Lee I'm sorry, Hall. Mike. Sorry. <laughs> Hold my hand. <laughs> Writer was Lee Hall, who Mike already told you did Billy Elliot. We've oh, never had an argument. Victoria, on this show. no, not in 30 years. Never. Victoria and Abdul and uh, the Godforsaken <laughs> War Horse movie. Film debuted May 16th at Cannes. The film festival over there went wide in the UK May 22nd and went wide in the US finally here tomorrow or today when you're listening to this, May 31st at Stateside. 121 minute runtime on an R rating. Adam Bowling, David Reed, and kick ass director Matthew Vaughn. On, all get producer credits, as does husband to Sir Elton John himself, David Furnish, gets a producer credit. Elton John obviously gets an EP credit there. Matthew Margison does the music, as he has for both Kingsman movies, as well as Blumhouse's Fever Dream, Truth or Dare. George Richmond does the cinematography, as he has for both Kingsman movies as well. Chris Dickens does the editing, as he did for such films as Mary Queen of Scots and Tom Hooper's Les Mis. New Republic Pictures, Rocket Pictures, which is Elton John's production company and marv films all get listed as production companies paramount pictures gets the distribution rights film was made for a reported 41 million dollar budget that number courtesy of deadline.com to focus the finances before getting into the critical reception this one is already shaping up as something that will probably be profitable has already pulled in nearly 7 million from just its can and uk runs alone uh, sources such as the rap projected the film to have an opening anywhere between 18 to 25 million this weekend its first weekend in theaters in the u US. For what it's worth, as a reminder, Bohemian Rhapsody opened at number one when it was released in the U.S. with a $51 million opening. This not expected to do those numbers. Early scores from the critical reception, like we said at the outset of this episode, they're very high. Very, very high. 7.7 IMDb rating on its first 5,900 or so reviews. Excellent. An early 89% certified fresh Rotten Tomato score on the Way first... Way up there. 170 critics already weighed in, too, so that's about half of what we usually get for a current movie. Uh, so the first 170 critic reviews, 152 of those are positive. Average critic scores a 7.57 out of 10. No audience score listed yet. Does carry a positive 73 meta rating at last check on its first 32 critic scores, including six scores of an 88 or higher, three of those being perfect 100s. The low at last check, again, was a lone 50 from old friend Mick LaSalle, whose name often appears at this point in the OSPs when discussing the lowest meta rating score. He's just there. That's his thing. The meta score gives me a bit of a pause. 70 plus? It's solid, but it's not great like no, it's the not great, other numbers there. But Best Picture winners usually don't get the greatest meta scores. We've had that argument, you know, too. Best Picture winners coming out of June, end of May, yeah. maybe. Well, we'd have to go back and look but they might do a little better. Mike, the plot premise here reads, a musical fantasy about the fantastical human story of Elton John's breakthrough years. We got two fantastical <laughs> words in there. I would have loved for this movie to be about that. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, so let's go into our expectations one more time. I thought it was going to be around Bo Rap. I thought there was going to be things that bothered me. I didn't know that the story was going to suffer more than Bo Rap. Because I have more story issues with this movie than Bo Rap. So many more. 
so many more. Uh, I, I, I thought I was going to enjoy it more than... Uh, this is a coherent production, all right. in Dexter Fletcher's wheelhouse. He gets it from beginning to end. He has the experience already doing a musical biopic that was wildly successful, both financially and critically. I thought we were going to get a more polished version of a movie that we had issues with. Right. I think I like Bo Rap more. I, I do too, uh, and I, we're going to get into that. But at the same time, I, I don't want to just condemn this movie entirely. There's some goods delivered. Sure. There's, a, there's some scenes I really, really like. And the music at times gave me goosebumps. And, you know, it's music that I, I want to seek out after today. That, and, and re-listen to it yeah. again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, and, and yet at the same time, they don't rely wholly on Elton John's library. So what? you, yeah, you know the music better than I do, and you are not pleased with how the music was used. It's going to be a huge issue for me in spoilers, but there's one pretty pivotal moment in the movie where right. they choose not to use a song that Elton John had any part in making, which confuses me. I also thought, you know, Elton John's musical library is, is very lush and it's very, it's pretty upbeat. Yes, some of the, a lot of the songs, if you listen to them, the lyrics are depressing, but. The way in which they use some of these songs I, I, baffled me, really did. And the ones that were used in regular Elton John you know, as he performed them were great. And that's, you know, we said the same thing about Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. Use those songs as pick-me-ups. Use those songs to get through the plot. Use them as they are. Don't try to change them. I will say that the way they structured the music in this movie into the plot, into the narrative, is much more ambitious than recent yeah. musicals we've seen. Definitely much more Barely. ambitious than Bo Rap. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's... Bo, Bo Rap's a performance piece. This is a, you know, this is, has shades of epic Hollywood musicals. It is basically Pop, Bob Fosse-like. It reminded me of all that jazz. Now, I'm not an expert on musicals, but this is very surreal. And it, when they say a fantastical journey, yeah. I mean, it's really trying to be that. It's, it's very... This is like... It's wild. Like Elton John's Across the Universe, almost. Yeah. As opposed to Bohemian Rhapsody, the story of Queen and Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it's very trippy. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's a lot like the Beatles music yeah. movie uh, that, that we saw a few years back. And right in your wheelhouse of those mid-2000s, those odds <laughs> that you reference always. Well, let's get into some production values, because here's where we can be high, genuinely so. I, th I thought the cinematography to start sight to sound Mike, cinematography was excellent. Uh, we get some epic Hollywood musical numbers. They film those perfectly. We get a lot of wide shots that I loved. Yeah. And they, they take their time with shots that, that just should wow you. And they take this, move the camera slow, but then they move the camera fast at times as well. I really enjoyed everything that these camera operators did. And I, I would say that it's a, it's a high, early high point for me. I noticed it right from the beginning. Like, all right, we're, we're going to get some. Yeah. High octane, octane visuals and camera moves. There's uh, when Edger Edgerton, Edgerton, Bassinger, Basinger, when he's first announced on screen, because we deal with Elton John as a child, and then we see a Taron Edgerton take, taking from his teenage years onward. When he's first announced on screen, it's I think it's all one tracking shot. At least that's how it looks. I don't think there's many effects used, but it's basically a music video. Yeah. Which is L really it. phenomenal. L yeah, it really looks great. And again, this is what I was expecting that throughout the movie because of what we saw from Fletcher already, whether it was Fletcher or maybe it was some Brian Singer, but whoever. That's what we got in Bohemian Rhapsody, even that third act that everybody loved. Sure. So I was expecting more of a music video kind of redoing. 
Now, I don't think it's difficult to capture the drama of this film because it's like, here's the music and here's the drama. Here's the music and here's the drama. So they do a nice job capturing Taron Egerton's performance in this film with the visuals, with the cinematography. I'm not against it, but I don't think that's high degree of difficulty. I, I'm going to say a hot take here. I did not like the VFX. I looked low budget, just lo-fi. I didn't, didn't like it. We saw it on, on a nice uh, screen. Yeah, I didn't like Bryce Dallas Howard's makeup old lady makeup oh the makeup was bad yeah i thought it looked terrible actually i I really didn't like it i'm sorry to use such harsh language like that but i really had a problem with it the make the makeup and hair well the hairstyling was great and then the makeup was bad egerton's hair was phenomenal i love the hair you're right the makeup was terrible like old jamie bell then again these guys are chiseled out of rock they're in their (laughs) then their primes of their lives chris evans is too bryce dallas howard is in great they're all in great yeah chris evans is too in endgame though and he looked like an old man that's a great point great point great counter uh the designs are probably my favorite though because i think production design costume design you know watching a lot of the costumes look great yeah, watch they they updated a lot of these Elton John costumes for modern audiences. They put their own spin on them. And there are concert shots, Wonderful. and I'm sure green screens were used, but they looked far more believable than what we did get in Bohemian Rhapsody when it was so painfully obviously green screen. We didn't, I at least not to me, I didn't have that kind of conflicting issue with the eyesight when we saw the crowd from the stage vantage point. You could tell sometimes they were practical effects. They seems like there were some that they actually shot in a concert hall or a bar, mm-hmm. uh, but there was other bigger ones too where I'm sure a green screen was used and it, it actually looked pretty good from me. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. every musical number. I mean, it just, the, the sets were phenomenal. Yeah. And if pro- this co- becomes a production design nominee at the end of the day, a costume design nominee, even a cinematography nominee at the end of the day, even though I don't think that'll happen, I'm with some of these technical categories for this movie. <sighs> Like, yeah, there it makes I, sense. To cinematography, me. I was probably most impressed, if not the costumes. The cinematography, especially these scenes where they use the silhouettes and they're, they're turning these serious moments into these pseudo dance numbers. Again, it's very trippy. It's very not in the tone of what you would think you're getting in a biopic. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. They went for it, and it it, it looked looked emphasis on looked beautiful when it hits yeah i mean i'm just so i i was agape i i loved it yeah i I thought they did a terrific job with many of the production values but we didn't even talk about the sound yet so the sound editing and mixing strong i think you got a lot of lip sync that didn't fit though there was some of that i noticed as well bothered me a little bit he also he sang it's a recorded Taron Edgerton. Right. It is his voice. Him, it, it is his voice. And it's just his voice, as opposed yeah. to Freddie Mercury was a mixture of three voices. Now, that only bothered me once in Bo Rap, where it didn't sync up. It was when he was singing Bohemian Rhapsody, like testing right. out in, in the, the farmhouse farm, yeah. there, in the window, being sad mm-hmm. because, you know. You, that was it was the time, time to, to be sad, sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a problem of this movie a couple times. <laughs> This one bothered me a little bit more. So is this a? I'm surprised that this is not going to be a runaway for sound mixing, sound editing, unless we don't know fuck all about these two categories, which is possible. I think the the lip sync part of it might get outweighed by just how great Edgerton sounds. You know, yeah. I think the notion of sound from critics is going to be, wow, didn't Taron Edgerton really kind of sound like Elton John there? Yeah, I really want to listen to Edgerton. 
I really Taryn. Listen, we'll call him Taryn from now on. <laughs> I really want to listen to Taryn sing all these songs, and I really want to listen to Elton sing all these songs again and again and again yeah. throughout the next week of my life here. I love the music of this movie, even though I know you're going to have some problems with I it. I loved there it when, some, it was, when it was allowed to be music that Elton John points. made. Yeah. yeah, There's some high points, and I, I think it does better... It goes like 50-50 with the surreal musical numbers. I think it go it, it really hits when they just have, all right, it's a performance piece. Right. That's safer. Mm-hmm. I like that they're ambitious here, but it, it didn't work as well as I would have hoped. I'll be really honest. I never had a big Elton John face. It's like I've always listened to the hits throughout my life. Tiny Dancer, When Almost Famous came out. I was yeah. all over that. And Tony Wedding- Danza. Wedding songs, you know, and uh, obviously The Lion King. But, of course. you know, Benny and the Jets, Saturday Night's All Right, Crocodile Rock, probably in my rotation. I like his rock music a bit I more too, yeah. in my rotation on playlists more than anything else. If you're, if the point you're trying to make is that you're more familiar with Queen. I'm more familiar with Queen. So yeah. this was like me learning about Elton right. John, I think, more so than other musical biopics. So I don't want to come in and just like pretend I'm, I'm an no, authority would, on the music. I, I would enjoy imagine, the music. I mean, Elton John is is a favorite of my parents. They both have gone to see him in concert, and they both get obsessed with anytime there's his biography on TV and stuff like that. So yep. I, I've been around it, but I would, I would imagine Queen is more our generation, if only because of Wayne's World. Whereas Elton John is probably speaking to an older generation. And the classic rock stations, especially yes. at least in this state, for Christ's sake, they play a lot of Queen, and it's not tough as, to hear Elton right, John. Not as yeah. much Elton John, for sure. Well, let's get into that performance, though. Taryn, as I'll call him, <laughs> definitely a highlight for me. It's I don't know if it's an Oscar-level performance. I'm going to have to see what comes out. This is going to be one of those years where let's wait and see. I think he's doing a lot, and he impressed me most. And I knew I was in for a good performance right off the bat. Like, when he is in that orange getup in that early scenes, he's doing a great job. I think the issue with this movie is going to be more script than performance. I would agree with that thesis statement. I was so relieved to see him come on screen because the first 20 minutes or whatever this movie has without him, I was... Oh, worried. Scared. Very worried about what was going on. We got a bad child actor, a couple of them. Yeah. And then in the parents, so one, but he comes on screen and he's very live. He looks like a star, a legitimate, I mean, movie star, superstar, singing star, and your eyes just can't. So I was very wrapped up in that moment. Like, oh my God, this is like, maybe it's because everything was so worrisome up to that point. Mm -hmm. And he's owning the screen. I was like, maybe this is going to be his vehicle. I think for me, it's probably going to finish in top 20. Is it going to sneak through to get a nomination? I can't even say anymore because I wouldn't have nominated <laughs> Remy Malik last year. So, and he won the freaking thing. So, I wouldn't think so. I can see people liking it. And clearly, if you go by the numbers we just talked about in the critics' reviews, there's a lot of people that like this movie a lot. I agree with you there. At the very least, this is a star making performance if it's not an Oscar level. This should do more for. Taron, whatever his last name is, then Bohemian Rhapsody should have done for Remy Malik. Except now that's you know that narrative has totally changed after what Malik accomplished going through and ending up with the Academy Award. Totally different skill sets. I mean, Malik is the right. I mean, Malik. He's the one who does the the mimicry, right? Right. And, and this is just I'm a star. Yeah. Damn it! I mean, I'll he's, put he's doing he's it. doing music videos in this. He's doing concert performing in this. He's doing. Fever dreams, I, you know, I don't know how to right. even de- describe it, but he's doing 
he's being a movie star while having to be a rock star. And he does give you his impersonation of Elton yeah. John in many ways. Yeah. And a lot of the big moments, I think he's closer to the real life Elton in those, you know, trademark sure. moments. But a lot of this, I mean, it's just he's, you know, he's carrying this film Agreed. in every every way Agreed. possible. I think the cast did their best, Mike, but this is a script with you said it, one note characters. Very very. Black characters just doom this movie and doom this story, I would say. Look, from several younger versions of, of Young Elton or oh, a.k.a. Gosh. Reggie to even the, you know, the positive characters. Like, lovely grandma is just a lovely grandma. We have a hateful, uncaring mother. I had the least problem with grandma. I'll say that. Well, but yeah, because she's nice, right? But that's all she is, is nice Agreed. and supportive. Yep. Again, there's yeah, no... No room for anything else. Neglectful father, asshole record producers. Dick uh, father. Just, I mean. Yeah, even the best friend is just like one note in one scene and then oh, another God. note in another scene. I would have loved for this movie to be about their friendship throughout the years. Yeah. Or about Elton John finding his now husband, who he's been with for 20 plus years. That seems like the, where the drama could have been, except it, you don't have the parade of hits, you know, right. literally happening simultaneously. Yeah, but look what you did with them anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you didn't... I, I'm, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. All right. I'll save it for spoilers. But yeah, no, you're right. You're well, right. I think we're getting there. Uh, look, this is the uh, first major studio production to have a gay sex scene in it. I saved that production nugget until now. That's kind of sad. And uh, as progressive as this industry is, you know, we con we're continually reminded of how far it still has to go. But, you know, obviously, step in the right direction. And I don't know if I'd even call this a sex scene. It really wasn't much. It's two guys kissing. Two guys kissing. Like a, I don't think it's a sex yeah. scene. Yeah, but this is all over the. Wikipedia I mean, yeah, page. good, good news. job. That's awesome right. that we finally got here. Shame on everyone for taking this long, but also, this is not a sex scene. I mean, th right. there should be gay sex scenes in major motion studio pictures. Why not? You know, if there's heterosexual sex scenes all the fucking time throughout Hollywood history, then yeah, of course there should be. If you want to celebrate this as the first step in the right direction, yeah, I agree. Uh, to say this is like breaking any kind of class ceiling, I don't know about that. But this is walk hard the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I love I love everything in rehab. I loved a few moments in the film. Otherwise, it's with walk hard the Dewey Cox yeah, story. Is... It's literally the same gosh darn narrative from start <laughs> to finish, from the very beginning when he's got to think about his whole life first. It's it is exactly note for note the Dewey Cox story. I'm shocked at that. So I think every comedy writer right now. Is just seeing this movie this weekend, and they're wanting to write a parody, and then they'll go home and they'll look at the box office of the Walk Hard Dewey Cox story, and they'll say, <laughs> "All right, maybe I shouldn't do that. It's been done before, better than I could ever do it, and I won't make money doing it anyway." How about how's that uh, for just all around sadness, Mike? I, I just looked up if Elton John had anything to do with Pinball Wizard at all. And apparently he performed it on Tommy with the Who, but it's still not his song. I would say he performed it. Right? <laughs> yes, you're right. This is an absurd movie. Yeah. This is not a at all uh, what we expected. And there's a lot to play with comedically, but it shouldn't be that way. It's not intentional comedy. Yeah. There's issues here. Again, we are staunchly in the minority. I, Bo I'm Rap sorry. has a few of those moments, but even Bo Rap does not make us kind of laugh out loud. It doesn't mock its tone. Yeah. I mean, this thing mocks its own tone at times. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Now, the Oscar lens 
we're kind of a bit biased at the moment. Yeah. With the critical scores, do we think this is going to play come award season? Do we think Tarrant Egerton is going to get that top ten into, you know, vaulted into the top five notoriety and that buzz? I mean, he he has been beloved. There's a parallel. I mean, there's, there's easy. Yes, he was playing a, a gay man struggling with his sexuality and his being, right? So just on its surface, describing that character, there's there's legs for Hollywood to accept that and glorify that and put that performance on a pedestal. Because well, it's about time, right? We're right. a major studio film. And it's then just, you add to it's, it. It's a, yeah, it is. That it's Elton John, who's right. a beloved figure in Hollywood. It's a trailblazing so sh- narrative right. for, for the industry. But it seems like they're afraid to really get the nuances out of it. And that, that's what's frustrating. And when you have one note supporting cast members that are just all literally evil, it felt like they were in Derry. It felt like that you're in a Stephen King film yeah. where every one of these characters is just so nasty. It feels like they should yeah. have just eye patches and mustachios and just be twisting them with the a same. hairless cat. I felt the same. Um, gosh. I, I think it's a good time to get into spoilers, and we'll just uh, we'll we'll talk more about our feelings there. Spoilers ahead. This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. Spoilers. This is the spoiler section to the movie Rocket Man, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar as part of our Oscar Sprint Profile series. If you've not seen the movie yet, or this is a good place for you to go hit pause, go watch the movie, come back, we'll be waiting for you when you're ready. If you've seen the movie already, if you want to hear our thoughts on it, if we've hyped up the spoiler section so much, you can't go another minute without hearing what happened in the movie. This is where you want to be, the Oscar Sprint Profile 2019 for Dexter Fletcher's Rocket Man, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Mike, we usually start with some carryovers. Here's my carryover. Elton John didn't write Pinball Wizard. Why is he using Pinball Wizard as one of the montage songs to get him into his lateral ears? It's a big scene, too. It's a huge scene. It's, <laughs> it's like a massive the scene. crux of the whirlwind of his fame and celebrity. Like, I get he sung it on tour, and I get he sang it in Tommy with the Who, but, like, that would be like Freddie Mercury only singing under pressure at the point where he's, like, told that he has AIDS. Yeah. It's, like, not a Queen song. The movie's called Bohemian Rhapsody. What a fit right there. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, let's start with some carryovers. All right, the big carryover for me, and it's a bit we did at the top of the show where you got mad at me for with the cast and crew, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we've never had a fight before. I'm so I'll hold confused. Your hand. So the whole thing, this movie, between they have a massive argument right before Elton goes on stage and he's in the big chicken outfit, right? <laughs> yes. Which is wonderful, yeah, by the it way. Is. Again, costumes are awesome. He has a huge fight, and it's one of the best dramatic scenes of the movie to that point. Right. That fight comes back at the end of Act 2, essentially to vault him into Act 3. And it's it's another really strong scene where it's just like at the tail end of all the madness. 
Elton is in this wacky out. The wackier his outfits get, the more colorful they are. The cra- you know, the crazier his state of mind. They have this scene at the restaurant, and then, you know, he finally takes his the friend's advice in the third act. So the whole movie is essentially the argument taking place yeah. between these two. Was that a joke that I just missed? That's what I don't time? understand. So maybe it was like tongue in cheek that like. We've never had an argument they because the, all the one time. time we did, it changed me. Even though the, we don't see any progression of him as a human being working on himself and learning to accept himself, really. That just kind of happens at the end. Well, it's easy. He basically realizes that everybody is a venomous, disgusting villain. <laughs> right. Everybody but him. Right. I mean, that's the issue with for me for this. Yeah. Like, we have the first hour of this movie is Elton John is an unfounded genius because he's sitting on this wealth of musical history that just he hasn't been discovered yet, and that's his greatest flaw because once you give him a chance, he knocks it out of the park immediately. I mean, his first song at that L.A. club, it gets people moving. They love him and accept him. Well, maybe he's a prodigy, and maybe you're showing it that way to explain to us that he's a prodigy. I get some of that. Okay. I think you want some of that in a musical biopic. Here's another major issue with this movie and it's just degree of difficulty because how do you you know tell someone's entire life in one I film? Hate, yeah, I hate that. About and that's biopics. the pro- the, yeah. the problem with the premise. Right. It's a it's a biopic of a, like if the Judy Garland flick is just going to be a couple months, you know, in in her life in her latter years. I'm in for that. I think more than this. I even like Bohemian Rhapsody is at least the history of the band. We don't try to do his entire film. Still life. thought it was too much, but yeah. I mean, we're so the first hour is just. Okay, if he's the prodigy, whatever. There's no short. There's no antagonist. He's not like everyone is the antagonist. But that makes nobody the antagonist, right? Like, there's no downside to anything he does in the first hour. If they're all villains, then he knows he's the hero, so he shouldn't hate himself. So he's not overcoming anything, really. Because he just has this talent. He just he needs has, to be heard. He has to overcome all the people being the villains and overcome him blaming himself for everybody else's being the villain. Okay, wait. So everybody's the villain, right? Yeah. And to, to overcome that, all he does is sing and play the piano and show his talent. It's not a victory. He's just a guy doing what he does. And it's like he doesn't like the the hatred, the venom from everyone doesn't like spur him to work harder. You know what I mean? Like it is not like I'm going to prove everyone wrong in this. It's just like everybody hates me, but when I sit at a piano, I knock it out of the park. So there's no downside to anything I do. And then that leads because he doesn't get a victory and he doesn't overcome anything. The second hour, we get like this really unlikable protagonist that's just mired in self-loathing. And never really gets out of it until the last scene, where he doesn't overcome anything again. He's just already accepted himself. So you could have had this movie, this beautiful movie, about this guy who, having issues with his parents, having issues with his loved ones all his life, you could have shown the tension between him and his best friend for 50 years. You could have shown the tension between him and former lovers who never gave him the satisfaction that he so badly needed. And... You could have shown him overcoming all that and being a hero unto himself and embracing his sexuality. And instead, you just had this this guy feeling sorry for himself. It, it, it's it's definitely that his time to... It's definitely the point in the movie where he turns. Like, that character does have the arc. It's super telegraphed. It's very obvious. 
and it's frustrating, and I hear you. The surrealness of the film, it, it, it's almost meant to be on the nose because they are singing the plot. It's not, so it's I think we need to at least explain that if people hadn't seen it yet. The songs in this movie are used as moving the timeline almost. I like it. I like it it's, it's, half the time. Yeah. Half the uh, half of those musical numbers I really like. It's not bow rap where they work it into the plot, except for maybe the under pressure part of bow rap, ironically. But it's yeah. it's uh, Elton John's breaks into song like literal. It'll be like a flash mob scene that'll happen in the middle of one scene to yep. get you to a different point in time at the end of the song. There are vocabulary words I'm forgetting from my. Uh, cinematic studies over the years (laughs) damn it so the point of view mike is solely in elton's perspective until one scene later on when we actually get bernie walking away now that allows you to be a bit more surreal on the nose how elton views everybody else if that's how you're gonna play it okay then I would have liked to see. I would like to see totally different characters after he sobers up. I think this movie could have been very interesting if after he sobered up, the entire third act we get totally rounded characters from his mother, from his you know all these characters actually morph into people that you kind of like and kind of don't like, not just one note. The way uh, they yeah, were. I, I wouldn't that have been genius agree. in absolutely. a way? Because you know, in a in the addict's perspective, yeah, yeah, right. in the I agree. mind, yeah. that makes total sense. That's how you think about of people yeah, throughout your depression yeah. and everything. And, and after you, I thought that's where we were going to be honest, really? because they were so one note in it the beginning. Over the I mean, they were yeah. Oh, that's how I thought. I thought okay, this is going to be his perspective of what he was battling, and this is what sent him into his drug. But it just never materialized like that. Yeah, I mean, even if they stayed with their on the noseness of it all, you know, you could have had heart to hearts. Just it, they could have worked it in easily right then and there at the end with the one. Bit. They could accomplish it all with that one surreal moment after he's getting sobered up or he's making the decision to sober up in that final scene at the rehab center. Like he just yeah. left the concert and got there. All the family came, came there from his grandmother to his. So Mother those were like visions, father. right? Visions, yeah, yeah, which I liked. I really dug that. I think that's ambitious. I like the surrealism. Love it. It's Fellini-esque. I'm, I'm a fan. But they, the characters should have morphed into something new at that point. It also opinion. would have helped if at any point when we're going back to the him in group therapy, he they show the progression of time to at least hint us in that time was passing. Because we only have him in the one shot in the devil outfit for the first four or five callbacks to the group therapy session until the last scene where he's aged a bunch of years and he's totally different and he's ready to accept himself. Why wouldn't you cut back to him being more and more accepting of what, you know? Like, you could have told a a total story in that arc with just the cutscenes, the callbacks, if you just show time happening and him being more accepting of his circumstances and learning to love himself in those... But no, it's just him complaining. Do we really see rock bottom... I mean, he's never allowed to hit yeah. rock bottom. Well, I mean, it's, trying to kill yourself in front of your family at a party you're hosting is pretty It's bad. Brutal. That's pretty bad. But they it's make, totally they, undercut they, when they, you see a little kid at the bottom of the pool singing Rocket Man. Ter- terrible. Yeah, so Rocket Man is, the, the rock bottom scene is Rocket Man. Yeah. So that makes some sense. All right, I apologize for not Except realizing it's done the in obvious. A, in a I loved 
the fact that after he's rehabilitated there, my best scene. So after the pool, bottom of the pool stuff, you're right. I hate the bottom of the pool. He's which, which apparently out. happened. I, it didn't happen, obviously, in that way, but I looked it up. There, there was He hosted a party in 75. His family was there, and he said, I just took 80 Valium. I'll be dead within the hour. So Rocket Man keeps going in a way, or I forget what they switched to musically, but basically they get him out of there. They change him. Instead of, like, treating him, you know, you see a little bit of the treatment, like the pills go into the thing, and then basically they dress him for another concert and throw, throw him back out, out there. Stage. Which, yeah. I thought that was brilliant. So you could have done any one of these things. Like, you could have spoken in those types of metaphors throughout this film. Right. But you just, you didn't do any one thing. The songs are clever enough where you didn't have to sing the plot with the chorus of the song. You could have used the songs less like bow rap. And I think that would have been smarter. Which they did sometimes. At times. Yeah. And And I love the scene where they're recording your song. I thought that was brilliant where they have him singing the rest of it and they left the, I hope you don't mind, for the actual recording, like in the next stage of that scene. I thought that I was... I remember that, yeah. I, I love, I had, that was a goosebumps moment for me because that was like, all right, this is your obligatory scene where this is he's becoming a star and they saved the chorus or whatever that's called. Oh my God, that was br- brilliant. I, I loved it so much. It really hit me. And uh, I was I was trying to stay with the movie at that point. Right. You know, I was giving the movie some benefits of the doubt there. And, it, you know, when a film delivers goods like that, it's hard to be totally negative on it. So I'll gush a little bit here. There's a couple moments that I really enjoyed. Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, I thought was really clever. I hated the beginning. I did too. And then I loved I did the too. way that I finished. hated when I thought it was going to stay in the bar and be a real... His real recording. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I thought when it, I thought it was going to be Kid Elton asking the guy to take his beer off the piano. The guy refuses. And then immediately a fight started. Like, yeah, I hated that. I but hated it. that it turned into a music video, like I described in the non-spoiler Wonderful. section, the introduction to Taron's character. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I thought that was really creative and clever. And, and I, I think that adds to the frustration. That, like, you took so many chances, and some of them worked really well, but the ones that fell flat, they were so easily, you didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you, they, you could have avoided it altogether. If not, you could have used the songs and said to sing the plot at you more often, as opposed to taking these chances and just kind of leaving us a little confused, to be honest, and kind of having to suffer through what's actually happening and what's this really avant-garde filmmaking and maybe using that time instead to develop the characters a little more develop the relationships a little more show elton struggling with himself as opposed to just having on the nose things like his boyfriend slap him in public after you've just uh, established that he's a world renowned famous singer he's in this public square and getting slapped by his boyfriend and everyone just goes on with their day and his mother's telling him he's going to be alone yeah like jesus christ man Come on. So if you flip all that on its head and you make it part of his mind, right? Right. Yes. Agreed. If you make totally that cosign is depression. That's what. That's his downward spiral. That's drug use. That's alcohol abuse. That's what's in his head. Yes. And if you're going to come out of this and say, well, that's what it was. You guys just didn't get it. I really have a hard time accepting that. Because, no, yeah, you finish the movie. Exactly. The same way. Exactly. With the same notes. You're in the same through line. Yeah. There's nothing to delineate that that's what the intention was. Nothing at all. No. Except unless you want to say the entire movie was told through Elton in that last scene 
giving, recapping his whole life. And that was him accepting himself in his he last scene. He does have to think about his whole life first. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't because it goes beyond that scene. That scene is the start of Act 3. And the epilogue is the crescendo. Of that. And my God, some of the things. Well, the music video. Some of the things that were made up in this script, like how Melton John's really going to leave a sold-out Madison Square Garden concert in the pre-show. Did he do it? I have no, no idea. Of, n- oh, no, of I know he left the Madison Square Garden concert. I don't think he left Madison Square Garden and dressed as the devil, took a cab, went right to group therapy, and that's where he remained, and finally started getting his life in order. Yeah, I mean, it could be kind of a artistic metaf- liberties. Yeah, yeah I understand there were artistic liberties there, throughout this. Uh, I, I know he wasn't really slapped by his boyfriend in that public square. I know that was a liberty taken. I know he had a, reportedly has a strained relationship with his mother, but his mother's gone on record talking about how proud she always has been of him and, and blah, blah, blah. So again, if this was just taken from his point of view and this is what the drugs or the alcohol or his depression or whatever made him see, that would have been cool. That would have been some insight that we didn't no, have look, previously. I mean, these people in his life could have been total shits. They could have been more asshole than... Than not, and, and they to could be have been fair, nightmares. To be fair, again, my parents have seen him in concert, and he's—they've said I asked them. They've said he's never talked about his parents at the live shows. Yeah. He's also said how he and his writing partner were never in the same room together during the creative process until they were both done, and that's obviously shown to be otherwise here. So we don't know. It doesn't. It regardless, it yeah. doesn't work dramatically. No, and no, no human being is that one note in in real life. Even if there's degrees of of evil like these characters are evil they're evil characters they're villainous characters they're twirling mustaches they're like the level of saturday morning cartoons level evil they're like two one note for pro wrestling i wanted to make the pro wrestling (laughs) i didn't want to offend it's true no it's true like there's just and the tension you have between characters comes from them both being well-rounded sometimes too, you know? Like, Absolutely. Like Kaiser Soze is, is the most evil person in the world, but his whole arc works, one, because it's a great reveal, and two, because it's unsuspecting. We're about to go into a Tarantino rewatch where the yeah. most evil characters that perhaps we've ever seen laugh with the biggest laugh, smile with the biggest smile, and charm the absolute pants off you from start yeah. to finish. And then Tarantino makes his righteous judgment of them at the ends of these movies, which makes those movies worth the time and the study. This film's ambitions lie in the visuals and in the plot structure. I'll even give the fact that for them to take the guy's whole life, to put the soundtrack to the scenes, to the biography, that is some of the most ambitious storytelling you, you get, that you can get Bottom line, though, the dialogue does not live up to the ambitions of the visuals, the script, anything else. The you think dialogue, it's a dialogue the dialogue is a disaster. It is an absolute Sharknado disaster. It's terrible, you're, and it's terrible from right. start to finish. It, and I, I think the think characters it. elevate it. I, well, the the actors elevate it a little bit, like. Bryce Dallas Howard, she can act. Right, she's good. Richard Madden is he does. And a she was, job. The, I mean, she was a cartoon character. It's a, yeah, it's, it's it's very upsetting. Yeah, it is. And I didn't expect this to be the problem with the movie. I really didn't. No, especially not with this cast. My God, and what we've seen from Dexter Fletcher already. Good the Lord. father of Bohemian Rhapsody, like that's the 
one thing that doesn't work in Bohemian Rhapsody over all the others. We have <laughs> other issues. Well, that's what that's, doesn't work most. <laughs> that doesn't work most. Thank you. That doesn't work most. And they thought it worked best. So let's make all of the characters like the father from Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's most frustrating. Except without a change at the end. <laughs> well, that's what's that's what's most frustrating is that you had the easy out in this movie waiting for you. You've hit on it a couple times. You could have had the whole thing been a dream, you know? Could have been a hallucinogenic brought on by depression, alcohol abuse, substance abuse, you know, that, whatever. That has its pitfalls as well. I don't of course pretend. it does. I mean, you really gotta write the hell out of that. But, but at least, it would have been an out for the type of malaise that this kind of, the characters here make you feel. Again, the ambitions of the rest of the film, all the other aspects of the film, made me think like we are gonna get something yeah, cool same at here. the end. But we didn't. We got the same old stuff. And, you and fast even more, just time like, at the end with yeah. no setup. Oh, it was nails in the coffin at the end. No, nails in my mother's coffin. Yeah. She was an asshole. Nails in my father's coffin. Asshole to the very end. These people were assholes to the end. May they rot in their graves. Don't you feel, not to belabor the point, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. Don't you feel <laughs> like when you have a care, even in real life, take movies out of it, when somebody is just constantly complaining about everyone in their life that kind of taints them a little bit in my eyes and that's kind of that's why i say he was an unlikable protagonist because he's just feeling sorry for himself and talking about how one it's oh they were so unbelievable that that there's no way in my head i could say they were actually like this you know if he realized that his behaviors were just totally unmanageable and unruly like if he gave himself more, more flaws throughout scene to scene, like there's big movements of Elton's flaws. I get that. I'm not going to say Elton's character is a, you know, flat character. It's totally round. It's it, overall, it's there. The issue is like when Elton really screws up, and I love the scene when he got married. I love that whole montage. Yeah, that to was the, awesome. To the crying. I that thought was that awesome. was another best for me. I thought that was really clever. He immediately apologizes for it. It's like just a, it's a blip, and they, he literally apologizes for it. Yeah. And then the next scene is like, oh, you remember how terrible you were to this woman? The mother is telling him in that scene. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know. But he just apologized for it previously. Like when Elton does something wrong in this film, I'm sorry, done. And he d- did that with the one yeah. argument. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, what could have been. What could have been? I like it. Ha- it has some moments. I wonder if I rewatch watch this if I'd like it a little bit more. I'm but, wondering that myself. But, but. I, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you. This should not be an Oscar movie. If it is, at the end of the day, I'm going to be frustrated. If it is for anything beyond those, you know, few design categories, maybe cinematography. You know, if you can award best soundtrack, I mean, sure, you, yeah. You know, Taron Egerton, I think he's he's made himself a star in this one. If he wants to sneak into the conversation, I wouldn't even be mad at like, that. But picture screenplay, there's no way. Num- Director, yeah. Number one, th- this movie is on the coattails of Bohemian Rhapsody, so this was just done yeah. at the Oscars. Are they going to do the same thing again? They typically don't like to do right. that. They like to do something else, something different. What's next? This movie is making a third of the box Man, office. GPS is all thrown off after because I would have thought, you know, from last year's performance with Malik, I would have said, no effing way does he even get the conversation going. Uh, I'm going to say it right you now. Know? No effing way this movie's going to wind up I the wouldn't, same track. I wouldn't think so. A few I, designs, I so. costume design, yeah, hell yeah. Production design, maybe one of the sounds, because some of the sound is great and some of the sound 
bothered me. Uh, grade? Got a final grade for this one you want to cap it off with? I'm going to call it like a 78C plus because mm. some of the highs are high. Yeah, I'm like a 76 right now in my head. Solid yeah. C. Some of the highs are really high. And it's not, it, you know, you go to a mo- to the movies, if you're a better than average time for me, I'm, I'm, I, I liked some of the stuff. I really did. But I don't. I don't love, I don't like could've, the movie Yeah, you could have liked a lot more. That's just, yeah. it's very frustrating. All right, guys, obviously we wanted, like we said, we know we're in the minority, so tell us why we're wrong, or tell us if you agree, want to hear from you, your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, nice to get back to doing an OSP. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Mike's going to tell you about that in a second, but we want to hear everything from you. Uh, you can reach out to us, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts, Tune in Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc type in mike mike and oscar you'll see our smiling faces staring back at you right now if you type in mike mike and oscar on itunes it can leave us a review those five stars truly do go a long way we do read each and every comment you pass along to us whether on itunes or social media so we thank you very very much for those we try to give shout outs on mmo weekly for the stuff that we come across uh so mike what do we have coming up uh what's on the docket and what's some words of wisdom so we're kicking off our tarantino series rewatch those films are filled with positives and negatives. Yes. So we're going to a lot of reasons. Get, get into all of that. I think he is a an extraordinary talent, just like Taron Egerton, just like Elton John in many ways as a, as a screenwriter and a director. And he's worth studying. I, I've watched Reservoir Dogs twice already. I woke up at 4.30 this morning to watch it a second time. Good God. Before I even started my day. Jesus. That was a hell of a way to start my day. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, so that was something I've never done before. I just couldn't sleep. I, just, I don't know. I'm old now. <laughs> but I, I, I love the rewatches and uh, can't wait to get into the rest of the filmography. There's a lot to dive into. We're going to have some cool segments. You made a theme. So you have outdone yourself, sir. <laughs> just, and, and you're better than at least four or five Elton John songs. I have no shame one. left. <laughs> I am out of shame. Uh, that'll be the theme music for our upcoming Tarantino rewatch series. You have that to look forward to. Well, obviously, MMOWs, I think we're doing. We're going back to Monday this week. Yes. We got more Pixar to finish that up. We got Toy Story 4 coming out at the end of the month. We got yesterday that we're planning to review. So we have Oscar sprint profiles. We have Oscar movies. We got rewatches culminating in (laughs) Oscar movies like Toy Story 4, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then we got some fun collaborations planned. Uh, I just mentioned yesterday. There's a movie that we're hoping to see at the end this weekend so that we can (laughs) jump on a pod for early next week. So we'll have that in addition to all the stuff we're doing. So there's a lot going on. The wisdom... Of it all, Michael, is that there's a lot going on. And we're very tired, but we, we love doing this. And, hey, look, I mean, we, we you said it at the top of the show. I stand by this with you. I stand with you. We're going to be honest with you, folks. Yeah. It's probably an unpopular take that we don't love this movie. I, I It certainly looks that way in the early going. Everybody loves this movie. Yeah. And we wanted to love this movie. We didn't. No, so not at all, actually. What did we do? <laughs> we, we came out and we were honest with you folks. So that's where, that's where it is. You get our honest opinions. Not a good movie, guys, when reality sucks. <laughs> Come watch other movies with us. We're trying to take the stuffiness out of award season keep it going all year long. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Thanks for checking us out. We will see you next time. See you.